0: With the start of a new year, we say we want new habits and new ways, but our human nature keeps us committed to our old habits and ways. Today, we'll be learning that changing our thinking is not easy, but it is possible and worth it. This message is the second in the series, Remind. The message is entitled, From Old to New, Part 2. Here is Pastor Dale Shields. grab your Bibles this morning, if you will. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 9 as you're turning there. Let's welcome all the folks from our Frederick campus. We're so glad to be able to join together. Let's give them a good round of applause from Gaithersburg and all you folks in Frederick as well on this January morning. Matthew chapter 9 as we're involved in a new series of messages, we're talking about how to remind, how to change the way that we think because God has a new way for us to think in this new year. I love New Year's because they always provide opportunity for hope. You start a new year with a sense of expectation that things can be different than they were in the past. And many times that hope is expressed by what we call resolutions as we start a new year. But oftentimes those resolutions never really are followed through with because what happens is the same old patterns while we have a new resolution we take the same old us into the resolution with them and with us and so what happens is you can't have a new year without a new you you can't have new things happen in your life until you make some choices about how and what you're going how you're going to live and what you're going to be and so i want to help us this year to move beyond just a resolution to really some true transformation of life jesus understood the importance of change and the importance of uh, changing on the inside In fact, in Matthew chapter 9, as he was talking one day to his disciples as well as to the disciples of John the Baptist, John the Baptist being the forerunner of uh, Jesus' ministry, and he's taking this time to instruct them in the ways of his kingdom. Notice what Jesus said. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one, please notice this part, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. No wine, new wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. New wine needs to be stored in new wineskins. Would you say new wine? New wineskins. Out of all that Jesus speaks of here, I want to focus our attention really on those two phrases, new wine and new wineskins. Jesus said, there is something new that I want, that God wants to do in your life, but that new cannot be contained in the old. You can't put what is new into old containers. If you want the new that God has for you, something has to change about the structure of your life. See, when Jesus was speaking those words, He was speaking to a group of people, actually, that understood relationship or interaction with God from a very ritualistic religious perspective. They live their lives trying to please God by following rules and regulations and religious rituals and Jesus comes along and says you know the relationship with God is not about following all those rules. It's about coming into a true personal interaction with God. Something that happens on the inside and works its way out. So God has some new wine that he wants to give you but your way of thinking about God is an old way of thinking and so for you to experience the new wine you need some new ways of thinking about God what does it mean to relate to God new wine skins As we talked about last weekend, in fact, today's message is a continuation of last weekend's message as I'm laying a foundation for this entire series that we'll be involved in for at least another seven or eight weeks together, very important series, Remind How to Think Differently. As we talked about last weekend, I want you to believe and know that God has something new for you, that God has new wine that he wants to bring to your life. There's something new for you in 2014, amen? There really is. And the new for you in 2014 is not so much a new thing or a new experience as something new that God wants to do in you. There's something inside your life that God wants to accomplish in the formation of His character in you and making you the person that He wants you to be. And so there's something new that God wants to do in you this year, and you need to believe that and have a confidence that absolutely God has something new He wants to do in me. And then I have to realize, as we talked about last weekend as well, to get the new, what do I have to let go of? The old, exactly. And so you can't have new wine and be a new wineskin if you're still trying to be an old wineskin. If you still are an old wineskin, you can't contain something new if you're still going about things as you always, always have gone about them. And so you've got to let go of the old to embrace the new. You cannot hold two substantial things at the same time. You have to let go of something, and so the old must be replaced with the new. And then we talked and sort of laid again the foundation last week, and this changing of the of the wineskin really in part is all about changing the way you think about God, the way you think about yourself, and the way that you think about others, because if God is going to pour new wine into your life, you've got to think the right way about Him, you've got to think the right way about you, you've got to think the right way about other people around you. You and the reality is, is that in much many places of our life, our thinking we're kind of messed up in the way we think about God, ourselves, and others. And so there needs, to become a, there needs to be a renewal of our thinking process. So based on those things that we talked about last week, let me continue with three more things this week. By the way, if you missed my teaching last week, I would encourage you to get a copy of it very easily. It's free of charge. You can go to our website. There's an MP3 available for you there. Just download it. Or if you would like to do so, you can also stop by the Resource Center. They'll provide a CD for you. The most effective way is to go to the website. Get that MP3. and It's all free of charge for you. Today, I want to talk about three things I said. And the first thing I want to talk about today, based upon the fact that to change your life, you have to change your thinking. And I want you to realize today that changing your thinking is possible. It's possible. There's something about this idea of changing our thinking that we feel, well, I'm not sure I can ever change the way I think. I've fought this way for X number of years. I've fought this way all of my life. I mean, how can I even control my thoughts? There's an idea that we often carry with us that our thoughts are uncontrollable. I want you to see today that no, it's not true. Your thoughts are controllable because I would imagine sometime this last week you changed your mind. Maybe you were at a restaurant you ordered one thing and then you started thinking about it and the server went away and you called them back and say, Could I change my order? I changed my mind. Maybe you were about to put on a particular article of clothing and you had it out. Maybe you even put it on and then you changed your mind. You say, I'm not going to wear the blue blouse today. I'm going to wear the green one. I'm going to change my mind. Or maybe for you ladies it was a pair of shoes. You tried on one and thought, well, I don't think I'm going to wear those. I'm changing my mind. I'm going to wear these instead. And so we all change our mind. And so we use that kind of vernacular in the day-to-day living. But when it comes to the, if you will, the bigger issues of life, the more the, the spiritual realm of life, the emotional realm of life, the relational realm of life, we often convince ourselves that changing our thinking is not possible. But I want you to know today that you can change the way you think. You have confidence control over your mind. It does not control you. You have the choice to control it. I want to show you this from the Bible because it's very important that we understand what God says about all of these topics because it's not my opinion or your opinion that matters. What really matters is what God says about it. So let me share with you four places in the Scripture. These are just four of many that I could take you to, but four places where the Bible is very clear about the power God has given you to change your thinking. Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. I'm going to ask you to read this one together with me. Let's all read it aloud and loudly. All the folks in Frederick and Gaithersburg are reading from the New Living Translation. Here we go. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Please notice the statement there that God transforms you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. The only way you're going to become a new person is if you think differently than you're thinking right now just very clear. We often talk about living this Christ-like life. How do we do it? Well, it, it, part of it obviously happens as we come into a personal relationship with Jesus. We're born again. The Spirit of God comes to live inside of us. And then over time, as we get into God's Word, as we respond to the Holy Spirit, there's something that happens to us called the renewing of our mind. We change the way we think again about God, about ourselves, and about other people. And when you change the way you think, think, your life is transformed. Notice Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. And over the series of this, uh, over this entire message series, we'll be looking at Philippians 4 verse 8 in more depth, but I want you to look just at the latter part of verse 8 right now with me and read it together. Again, everybody, Frederick Gaithersburg, here we go. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What's the first word that we just read there? Think. He says, I want you to choose what you think about. You get to make the choice of what you're going to think about. Are you going to think about things that are lacking in excellence and not even worthy of your time or your energy? Or are you going to change the way you think and choose to think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy, worthy of praise? Have you ever found yourself thinking about something that was certainly less than excellent? and certainly less than worthy of praise, we all find ourselves in those moments and we have to grab hold of our brain, if you will, and say, you know what, I'm going to think the right way. Colossians 3, verse 2. Listen to this one. Think. Think. Everybody say think. Don't you get in trouble when you don't think? We all do, okay? So the Bible says, think. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. He says, you've got to make sure that your mindset, the way you think is a heavenly mindset, not an earth-based mindset. And then notice 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7. I love this one as well. Think. Paul writes to Timothy and says, think about what I'm saying. He said, I wrote you this letter. I gave you these instructions. I want you to think about what I just said to you. The Lord will help you understand all these things. In other words, to understand more of what God wants to do in your life, what do you have to do? You've got to do some thinking. See, a lot of people just sit back and hope that God sort of just zaps them in some way and their life just changes sort of mysteriously and and mystically, that God just kind of in His power comes and gets a hold of them and transforms them in a moment. Now, can God do that? Absolutely. There's no question that God can do that. But generally speaking, how God works in your life is He will give you a truth and He'll say, think about it. I gave you a truth. Now, spend some time thinking about how this works in your life. Like Paul said to Timothy, think about what I'm saying to you, and the Lord will help you to understand. So your understanding grows in the things of God as you apply your thinking. Now, here's what I want you to see in all four of those passages. Again, we could have looked at a lot of other passages as well. But in all four of those, there there was either an instruction to think or a command to think a certain way, right? Right? Okay. All four of those verses, God either instructed us or commanded us, correct? Now, just logically speaking, let's just let's go to the realm of being a parent for a moment. All you parents here today, you would never ask your children to do something or instruct them to do something or even command them to do something they did not have the power to do, would you? That would be cruel. If you demanded something or commanded something of your children that they didn't have the ability to do, that would be cruel as a parent. And so think of God in this way. God is the best Father. He loves us and cares for us. And so every instruction that He gives us, every command that He gives us is a command or instruction that is capable of being carried out by us. He will never ever ask you to do something that is impossible. He will also provide the help along the way for it. So changing your thinking is possible changing my thinking is possible would you please say that phrase together with me changing my thinking is possible the way I think about God the way I think about myself the way I think about other people it is possible to change because God told me to change number two changing your thinking requires or involves effort change is never easy is it None of us like change. We tend to chafe at change. It's true in every realm of life. It's certainly true in the realm of your thinking. Because all of us have old habits, and old habits die difficult deaths, don't they? Old habits, it's kind of hard to get rid of them. They die. They don't die very quickly, and they don't die very easily. In fact, I think of old habits dying sort of like the old cowboy movies. Remember the old cowboy movies in the old cowboy movies, when, when one of the cowboys is shot okay, in a gunfight somewhere, they never just fall down and die. I mean, It's like they get shot right in the heart. Okay? And they go, like, oh, 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 oh. Ten minutes later, they fall down and die. Okay? That's kind of the way it is with your habits. Okay? God comes along with the bullet of His truth, And then we get all dramatic about it, don't we? Oh, I'll never be able to change this. This is so hard. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God, please help me. And we go through this dramatic dimension. Instead of, you know, the best way to die is quickly. Okay? Amen? Because everybody's just going to change the channel on you, okay? That's what's going to happen, okay? If you're taking a 10-minute death, you know, I'm just going to change the channel. I'm tired of watching that, okay? And so the best way for your habits to die is to begin to put them to death quickly. And it's going to require some effort. It's not easy. I'm not saying that dying to old ways is easy, but what you want to do is you want to go after those things. You want to be ready for Battle and say, you know what, we're going to fight these things as aggressively as we possibly can. I'm going to tell you three reasons why it's hard to kill an old habit, especially the way you think. Why is it so hard to change the way you think? Here are three reasons why. Number one, because your thoughts are very ingrained. You are in a rut. Did you know that? You're in a rut. Your life is rutted. This is very true when it comes to your thinking. As a part of this series, I've been doing a lot of reading on the, on the brain. There's a lot of research that's going on with the mind and brain and so forth. And, uh, and they've, they've ta- they talk a lot about now, experts do, about something called neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity is the idea that your brain has the capacity to grow and change all the way throughout your life. It's not, you're not just sort of there, set, you stop learning and it's done with. No, your brain has great capacity. Your mind has the ability to change and grow for your entire life. It's plastic. It has, if you will, flexibility, ability to form new connections and new new concepts as you grow and as you exercise it. So your brain needs to be exercised. But here's what happens with your thought patterns. If you don't challenge them, they get in, literally get in a rut. Because as your thoughts happen, there are certain things that fire in your brain that, are, uh, that create certain kind of chemical responses, and there are neurotransmitters that occur. And over a period of time, what happens is those mind thoughts, those thoughts about God and those thoughts about yourself and those thoughts about other people, because you think the same way, those thoughts fire the same way over a period of time, and it creates kind of a pathway in your mind because your brain is a very efficient organ, it's very efficient because it wants to help you do things without you having to spend a lot of time thinking about it. Have you ever noticed yourself driving somewhere and you find yourself there and you don't even realize how you got there because your mind was somewhere else and so there's all this pattern. You just habitually, things are going on. Your brain is a very, very efficient organ because it wants to be efficient in the use of energy and those kinds of things. And so it learns stuff and it gets these pathways and those chemicals and fire and whoop, you're just doing things because you're not even really thinking about them. You're in a rut and what I've read, I haven't actually been able to physically see this, but what I've read is there are actually indentations that form on the brain that actually are a part of these patterns of thinking in your life. Think about it this way. If you were going through a, a, a set of a woods or forest for the first time, the first time you go through that forest, what do you have to do? You've got to step on the trees and the limbs. You've got to get a machete and chop waste, so You've got to find a way to get through. But if you continue to go through that, go through those, that forest the same the, the, day after day, what will happen? You'll eventually beat down a path, right? And so every time you go to walk through that forest... Over a period of time, you don't even think anymore about what what you're going to do. You're going to walk down the path that has already been established. That's the way your brain is. Your brain creates these patterns. And for some of us here today, you've had some stinking thinking when it comes to God. And that, that rut is there in your mind. And so that's just kind of where you go. Whenever things happen certain ways in your life, it sort of goes that way toward God. You have certain thoughts about yourself. Maybe those thoughts about yourself, you know what, I'm I'm a loser, I can never make it. Every time you make a mistake, you tend to think, well, there I go again. I just do this all the time. All these rutted thinking parts in your mind. And then also... Maybe about other people, you tend to judge people or have certain attitudes about people because you've had them over a period of time. Maybe you learned them from your family that you grew up in. And what you must understand as well is when your brain begins to go down that rutted pathway, it creates emotions because your emotions are connected to your thinking. What you think determines what you feel. See, it's not feelings first, it's thought first. Thought creates emotion. I could, give you some, uh, I could give you a test day, give you a number of different thoughts, and then have you record your emotions in relationship to it. Your emotions could very, 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 very easily be determined by what we ask you to think about. So that's why it's important, would you agree, how you think about God, self, and other people? Because you want to make sure that your ruts are right, okay? It's one thing to be in a rut, but it's another thing to make sure you're in the right rut. So it's very ingrained. So it's hard to fight your thoughts because you're having to beat a new path, right? Okay? You're going through the forest, but you're not going to go through the forest the same way. You've got to beat another path. You've got to learn a better, more effective way to get through whatever it is you're getting through in life. The second reason why it is so hard to fight a, th- a thought pattern in your life is because, are you ready for this? You are stubborn. Okay. It's the sinful nature to resist godly change. It's called sin in us. And the sinful nature is rebellious. It is resistant. It is stubborn. And here's the third reason why it's tough to fight these battles. It's tough to fight them because there is an invisible enemy. And his name is Satan, the devil. And he is real. And his demonic entities are real. There's a kingdom of darkness that you can't see with your natural eyes. And the kingdom of darkness is always whispering things in your ear, if you will, your, your mind. Because Satan understands something, if I can get a grip in your head, I can get a grip in your life. If he grabs hold of a certain thought pattern, see, it is to his advantage to create his kind of ruts in your mind because if he can create the right kind of ruts it is right in his perspective in your mind what he will do is lead your life to ineffectiveness or destruction every person i've ever met with, with any kind of significant challenge in their life whether it be an addiction or whatever it might be if you get down to the core of it it has to do with how they think okay They think a certain way. And so the, the addiction is secondary to some degree to the way they think. So their thought process is affecting the way that they live. And Satan just sits back and says, Wow, got you now because I got your thoughts and I've got your thoughts. I've got your life. And so we are in a spiritual battle. But here's the good news, folks. Yes, it is a hard battle. And yes, you're going to have to fight it with some aggressiveness and some seriousness. But the good news, you are not fighting it by yourself. Yes, a tough battle, but you don't have to fight it alone. I love the story of David. Uh, when David goes on the battlefield against Goliath. Here's little David going against this huge Goliath. And the Bible says that when David saw Goliath, everybody else, they they were running away from him. All the other uh, uh, soldiers of Israel were running away from Goliath. But David looked at Goliath and said, Who who is this guy? Who is this this uncircumcised Philistine that he should be withstanding the armies?" of the living God there's something wrong with this picture I am going to go fight him I'm going to stand up to this bully called Goliath and there's some bullies in your brain did you hear what I just said? There's some bullies in your brain that bully you about how you think about God and bully you about how you think about yourself and how you think about others. But here today I want to encourage you to stand up to your bullies in Jesus' name to say, you know what, I'm going to rise up like David. I love this part of the story that when David saw Goliath, when this encounter, this battle is about to transpire, the Bible said that David did something very unique. He did something that was different from everybody else. Instead of running away like everybody else did, the Bible said that David ran toward Goliath. And what I want you to do today is to make a decision to say, you know what, changing my thinking is possible, and yes, it's going to require some effort, but I'm not going to run away from my Goliath, I'm going to run to my Goliath, and I'm going to be like David. I hope that today we can make you a David in Jesus' name. That in your mind, you'll begin to rise up and say, you know what, I am going to fight this. Here's the good news. David knew that he could fight because he wasn't fighting alone. God was with him. God was with him. Now let's take a look at some promises that you can take with you into battle. Let's take a look at Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Read this together with me. Again, everybody in Frederick, all of you Gaithersburg folks, here we go. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? There is no Goliath in your mind that can stand against the strength of Almighty God. If God be for you, who can be against you? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Listen as I read this. The weapons... Weapons. In other words, it's warfare. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they, these weapons, these spiritual weapons, have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, we're going to see what these strongholds are. We demolish arguments. And where do arguments happen first? In your mind every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge that happens in your mind, the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let me show you what this passage is all about. Right now, whether you realize it or not, everybody here, myself included, we have certain places in our life where Satan has taken us captive in the way we think. He's put us in a prison. He's made us his prisoner, his slave in the way that we think. And when something happens, he sort of snaps his finger, triggers that rut, and shoot, there we go, right down that pathway. We think that way because that's how we've always thought. That's where he's trapped us. But here's the good news. When you begin to rise up, you can take the one who's taken you captive and put him in jail. See? Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Notice this next verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. I love this. You know it, but listen to it in this context today. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline or one translation says a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. Dear Christian, hear me today. When you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, there was an amazing event that transpired. The Holy Spirit of God came to live in you. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not just some thing mysteriously out there. The Holy Spirit, dear one, is the third person of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was the one that was at work when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. It was the Spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead. And the Bible says that if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the, from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. Now, your mind is a part of your body. It will quicken you. That is, it gives you power. So you must never feel like you're a victim to the adversary. You're not a victim. No, God has designed you to be a victor, not a victim. And so long we live our lives with this victim mentality. I don't have any control over this. Yes, you do. Jesus Christ, by His Spirit, lives inside of you. And when the Spirit of God came to live inside of you, it is not a spirit of fear. It is not a spirit of timidity. But it is a spirit that says, you've got power now. You've got love now. And you have the capacity to have self-discipline or a sound mind. That is now a available you. For you. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Each time Paul writes here, he, God said to me, Paul said, My grace. God says, My grace is all you need. My power. Notice that. My power. God's big on power. God's got power. Amen. See, don't you ever think that God is weak? No, God is the powerful God, the almighty God. My power works best in weakness, so now now I'm able to boast or glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. So Paul said, yeah, I'm just going to acknowledge that I have some weaknesses. Yes, I'm going to acknowledge that I'm sort of weak in the way I think about things at times, and when I acknowledge my weakness, I'm then going to God and asking Him for His strength and power, and He empowers. Me to overcome what I could not overcome myself. The power of God, dear one, is real. It's not some mystical idea and imagination when you begin to lean into God and connect into God and follow God's Word and let God's Word be alive in your life there will be a power that will come to you that is not natural. It is supernatural. It is the power of Almighty God. You'll see things happen in your life that could not happen any other way and you step back and say God helped me. What I want you to know today is in those thinking processes of your mind where those ruts have been there for 5 or 10 or 30 or 50 years. You say, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Aren't you glad you're not an old dog? Because God can teach anybody something new, amen? He can help your brain to think as it needs to think. Now, part of the way that we fight... Is by studying like we're doing today, by getting the equipment that we have, the truth. The Bible says you know the truth, the truth sets you, set you free by praying, by studying, meditating upon God's Word. But I'm going to tell you one other way that you can fight, get started fighting the battle. How many you want to fight your bullies? Amen? Your mental bullies, okay? One of the ways that you can get an advantage over your spiritual bullies is by fasting. And so we're going to ask you in the next 10 days, starting tomorrow, to engage with us in a 10-day fast. I'm going to ask each of you on the left-hand side of the aisle. There's a purple bag there. I'm going to ask you to reach down and grab the purple bag, left-hand side of the aisle. The brown bags are for later. So leave the brown bags to the right-hand side. Grab the purple bags on the left-hand side. And Frederick, you should have those as well. Uh, So just reach down, again, left-hand side of the aisle. Get the purple bags and grab a card out of that purple bag. It looks like this. And then just pass the bag down all the way to the end of the row and everyone get one of these cards, if you will. If you're online, this is available online for you as well. So Gaithersburg Frederick Online Campus, all of this is here for you. Grab it, get it in your hand, look at it, make it. If you need a pencil or pen, the ushers are ready to provide those for you also because I'm going to ask you to do something with these cards in just a moment and it will require a writing instrument. So if you need a pen or pencil just to let them know by just the uplifted hand, they'll make sure and provide those for you. Don't you appreciate our ushers? Aren't they amazing? We thank God for them and their work they do. Awesome. Here's what you're going to do now, okay? Notice the back side of this card. The first side says Fast 2014. The back side says I Commit. And here's what we're going to ask every person to do, because every person can do something here. And this is not, we're not asking you to do it for us. I'm asking you as your pastor to do it for yourself, for your, your advantage this next year spiritually, to get you started down this pathway of victory. That Here's the commitment we're going to ask every person to make. I commit to lay aside something of value, whether food, drink, or other things, For the purpose of drawing close to God for a period of time between January 13th and 22nd. Ten days. That for ten days, something that matters to you, you can lay aside. Because if it matters to you, it matters to God. So you're going to lay something for the next 10 days, you're going to lay it aside. Maybe it's food, okay? By the way, if you're going to be fasting when it comes to food, uh, you, you need to, especially if you have some kind of medical condition, you need to check with your doctor. Make sure that your doctor gives you the approval for any kind of adjustments to your diet that you may be making, especially if you're on medication. These things can be very sensitive, and so you need to be very sure that what you're doing is consistent with what your doctor would recommend. But it could be food, it could be drink, it could be some activity. For some of you, maybe what you need to do for the next 10 days is, I don't, you may not think you can do this, but actually just not watch TV for the next 10 days. Isn't that amazing? Okay. You say, well, I have to watch the news, Pastor. Okay. I'm going to tell you what the news is going to be in 10 days. I'm going to tell you right now, okay? okay. It's going to be bad, okay? So in 10 days, it's going to be bad. Okay. So, so you already know what the news is going to be, so you have to worry about it. It's already done, so... But there's something. I'm not saying you have to give that up. I'm just saying there's something that you're going to say, God, I'm laying that aside for the next 10 days. And not just to put it aside, but you use that time to read your Bible or maybe go back over some of our message notes or pray or whatever it might be, some kind of spiritual activity that you would normally use that time doing to, to now use it for something most more effective to get your, your, your sort of like kick-starting your spiritual journey for 2014. Now, if you will commit to this, would you please sign your name right there right now? I'm not, I don't hesitate to ask you to sign your name. Because we sign to all kind of things. Wouldn't you want to sign and say, "Yep, I'm up for this. I'm ready to do this. And then once you've signed your name, if you're on the right-hand side of the aisle, if you'll pick up the brown bags, okay, the brown bags, if you will, and then pass them down. The aisle, and you're going to take this card and drop it in. And what we're going to be doing as a church is praying for you as you're fasting and praying for the next 10 days. And those cards... These cards are not to check up on. you. We're not going to, like, if you mess up, we're not going to come to your house and say, oh, you missed one day. Okay. No, it's not about that. It's really about helping us to know that you've made a commitment, and we're going to be praying for you as a team uh, that God will help you to have effective breakthrough this year. Now, I have one last point to make, and it's going to be a fairly quick one, but it is an important one. The first point today, changing your thinking is possible. Second point, changing your thinking requires effort, right? You've got to go after those bullies. The third point is changing your thinking is worth the effort. It's worth it. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. You have to fight some, but is it going to be worth it at the end? It will. Because it's going to change your life for the better. When you change the way you think about God and yourself and other people so that it's more accurate, it's more truthful, it's more inconsistent with how God wants you to think, all kind of good things start happening in your life. Yesterday as I was preparing this message, I, I, I began to think about, okay, what good things happen to people who think better thoughts? And I, especially when it comes to our relationship with God. And I just quickly, I mean, I got, a, I got my little pad out and started writing down. And I mean, within a matter of like two minutes, I had at least seven things that are, that are benefits for, uh, change thinking. They're going to be on the screen for you. Number one, your fruit of the Spirit is going to increase. Do we have that? You're going to increase the fruit of the Spirit in your life. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You'll have more of that if you think the right way about God, self, and others. Second thing, your relationships will improve. Do you notice that when you think better that you have better relationships? Number three, your work will be more effective and more productive. Have you noticed that when you're thinking the right way, you get a lot more done than when your mind is all messed up and distracted. So your work becomes more effective, your work becomes more productive. Number four, God's ways are going to be be more attractive to you. Why? Because you're thinking the right way about Him. When you don't think the right way about God, you're not as attracted to His ways. And so that will occur. Number five, you're going to make some better decisions. Because better thinking always leads to better decisions. Number six. Here's a good one. Your stress is going to decrease. Anybody want to say hallelujah to that one? Okay. How do I get my stress down, pastor? Well, one of the ways that you get your stress down is by thinking better. And the last one, there's the possibility that your health can even improve. Because when your mind is where it needs to be, it has an effect upon your body, your emotions and your body. So God has something new for you. To get the new, you have to let go of the old. You've got to understand that if your life's going to change, your thinking's got to change, and changing your thinking is possible. Changing your thinking is going to be some work. Yes, it's going to require effort, but if you'll put in the effort, changing your thinking will be worth it. Let's pray together today. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I ask, Lord, in Jesus' name that you take this word and Lord, let it really settle in in our hearts. We want to learn how to think the right way. We want to get the right kind of ruts in our mind. Lord, ruts that, pathways of thinking that help us to know you better and to be better in our relationships with others, to think the right way about ourselves. So, Lord, help us to get on that journey, especially in these next 10 days of fasting. We pray that massive breakthroughs would begin in our lives as we do this. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hi, I'm Pastor Dale O'Shields. I want to thank you for listening to our broadcast of Practical Living. I trust it was a blessing to you, and I trust that you're growing in your spiritual journey. Or perhaps you've never even started your spiritual journey, and today this is your opportunity to make a decision to move forward, getting to know Jesus Christ, letting Him have control of your life. See, the Bible says of Jesus that He stands at the door and knocks, and if anyone will hear His voice, you can open that door and let Him in. And if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, today is the day that you need to do it. In fact, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. If you'll pray this prayer sincerely with all your heart, mean it with all your heart, Jesus Christ will come into your life. Repeat this prayer after me. Say these words. Say, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I'm sorry for all the things I've done wrong in my life. I believe in you. I believe you are God's Son, the Savior of the world, that you died for me and rose again. Just simply tell Jesus, I believe in you. Now open up your heart and say, Jesus, come into my life. By faith, I receive you as my Savior, my Lord, in Jesus' name. Now if you prayed that prayer with me just then, sincerely, I want you to know something. Jesus heard it, and He saved you. You're a new creation in Christ. You get a brand new start in your journey with God. But now you have to grow. You have to learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus every day. And so we want to help you get started. And we have some resources available on our website that will do so called New Beginnings. So check them out. And again, I want to thank you for being a part of today's broadcast. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. Just go to www.church-redeemer.org slash newbeginnings.